What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 12 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, the spookiest boy on the show, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello, Steve. That spooky. Do you know, I've decided for Halloween, even though it's like basically almost over, yeah. um, I'm going to change the, the flip screen face to something spooky. Oh, yeah. We should have done that all yeah. all month. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I, I completely, completely slipped my mind. Well, I'll like, tell you what. For the, oh, no, go for ahead, the go like ahead. new alerts on Twitch, I've made it so he's got like really happy eyes. And it's like really cute. You're like, wait till you see it, Pete. You're going to love it. I love it. I, do, I already love it. Uh <laughs> The thing that's fucking me up is I realized Halloween is like this week. Like it's like all the parties and everything are going to be in the, this weekend. And I have not thought about what I'm going to be for Halloween. <laughs> You're Wes Wally and Sarah's Carmen Santiago. We, we, we did that. talk about, you know what? I might just be Wally so that I can <laughs> just have an easy costume. It's uh, like, yeah, I'll just put this red and white stripey shirt. And you can even say I'm Noel Fielding in the Wes Wally costume. That's an idea. If yeah. if I was more bold, I would dye my hair black. <laughs> yeah. but, I'd uh, love to see that. <laughs> yeah. The problem with dyeing your hair black is like it's that's like you permanent. Grow out. It's fucking. Yeah. yeah. Like if you want to get rid of that, you got to buzz your head. It's a whole thing. Um, It's funny. Sarah already has hers like bought and everything like she's being um one of the, the uh, fairies from the fairy fountain from breath of the wild but like a punk version it's oh that's cool so awesome um well then you got to go as link right i've been link before though like that would be like the third time i've gone as link for halloween have you been have you been breath of the wild link or was no it i haven't done that there that's a good you go point. done see blue tunic everyone you can say it's different it's different or go in the uh i can't remember the name of the costume but the one in the the desert thing you know where he dresses up oh it's like the the... sheikah yeah he just goes that if i had a better figure maybe i don't i don't i don't i don't want to show off my (laughs) fucking beer gut in the belly shirt you know (laughs) i'm looking it up right now though what do you want to you think they got a breath of the wild link costume on amazon yes oh they do they do steve they do they do i don't see an adult man size but oh oh here it is Maybe I'll do Have it. Have you seen the uh, the Among Us like costume that they're doing? The, the official one that they've done? It's so cool. I really want to see no. that. Oh, my God. They have a woman's Gerudo Link costume, too. Steve. <laughs> you can do the dance, then. I don't remember the dance. All right. This is a... I'm going to... This is a... We're getting off the rails here. I'm going to have to... This is not Nintendo noise. I will look at this later, okay? But thank you for helping me, Steve. You've helped me... You helped me figure out something really important here today. So I appreciate that because, you know, in addition to talking about video games, what we do here on Flip Screen Games is talk about life. You know, that's it's what One More Thing's all about. It's always been a core part of our of our identity here is to just, you know, talk about real stuff, like what we're being for Halloween. 100%. And where could people listen to One More Thing, Pete? Well, you know, I'll tell you, Steve, that's a perfect opportunity to tell you that you could listen to One More Thing, our exclusive Patreon show by supporting us. Over on patreon.com slash flipscreengames. Speaking of which, it's time for me to remind you that this episode of the Flipscreen Games podcast was brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of October. The spookiest 
Patreon producers we've had yet. Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, a.k.a. That Doc Guy, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Wakahula, and Zaid Ida. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash FlipScreenGames. You're the real, so the real. You're the spookiest of the spooky. We really appreciate you over there. And, uh, you know, thank you for helping us keep the mics on, you know. Uh, thanks for believing in the show. It really means so a lot. The next episode, the next episode comes out like the day after Halloween. So we need to do those whole plugs next week in like a spooky ghost. Ooh. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. The next episode, the the day after Halloween will be the Halloween spooktacular. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But those are going to be for the month of November. So if you want us to read your voice out in a spooky way for the month of November, you know what to do. Patreon.com. <laughs> for the month of November, we have to read in pilgrim voices, you know? <laughs> oh, yes, because of uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. You'll have to read them in your American accent. That's how that'll work. Uh, I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, see, that's the, if you want Steve to read your name in American accent, now's your time. Head over to patreon.com uh, <laughs> slash games and become a Patreon producer for the month of November, and we'll read your name on the air just like all these fine folks. Uh, speaking of which, there's a bunch of other cool stuff that you can get over there. Like I said, you can get one more thing, our Patreon exclusive podcast, where we talked uh, this past week about my, my adventures pumpkin picking. Uh, my plans for going to get my engagement photos, which I just did yesterday. So we'll talk more about that on the next episode of One More. So that'll actually be out today as you're listening to this because time is a flat circle. No, 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 no. No. The next episode will be next Monday because we haven't released the One More Thing we just recorded yet. Right, right. Okay, I'm with it. I'm with yeah. it now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that'll be out now, even though we haven't had that conversation yet. That's how time works. Sure. Um, anyway, timey-wimey nonsense. You get it, right? English. Um, but, uh, yeah, so go listen to that. It, that's a, that show's a great time. We have a good time over on One More Thing. We kind of... Uh, We've been talking a lot about Bake Show and, you know, shooting the shit about the fall and all, all kinds of fun stuff. One more slice, the show within a show, of course. <laughs> How could you miss it? If you want to hear us talk about Bake Show, it's a great opportunity. Uh, and, you know, there's also a bunch of other cool stuff you can get access to, like archives of our Twitch streams, um, which we do every Thursday night. Steve and I get together uh, sometimes with members of the community, sometimes with other friends who make content, and we play multiplayer games together. This past week, we played Back for Blood. So if you want to go check out the archive of that, uh, it was a great time. We were terrible at first. We got into a groove by the end of it, though. Uh, and I feel like next time, maybe we even try it on normal difficulty. Who's to say? Who's to say? We'll say I've got some thoughts about that, which we'll talk about when we get to what we're playing. Okay. Well, there you go. So tease for that. Um, but then Steve's also been doing uh, streams on Wednesdays now uh, for you Euro European viewers. It's like in the evening for y'all, middle of the day for us Americans. So if you want to hang out and have lunch with Steve in the States while he plays Shenmue. Perfect. Right. Yeah. I, I know at least... Uh uh, Murphy's had the uh, the stream on in the background while he's been working, which has been fun. There you and then go. And again, he'll he'll type something in the chat, which is good. <laughs> um, but I, I've had a great time. Shame you. I'm going to continue it. I'm about halfway through. You're halfway through the game already. Up. Yeah. It's is easy it when you know what to do. Okay. Uh, it's just weird because I feel like the last two times you talked about it, we're like, yeah, we're looking for sailors. We're still looking for sailors. And I'm like, okay, this must be the beginning of the game. And now you're like, oh, we're halfway over. What? First of all, you look for a black car. Then you look for Chinese people. Then you look for sailors. I've done all of that now. Found out where we need to go. We're going to see Master Chen in the docks. Okay. 
All right. Well, if you want to go meet Master Chen at the docks, Shenmue, Wednesdays, go check it out. And then uh, we'll have to see what game is coming next because I know we've got some other games we've been talking about. Maybe bringing back to the rotation. Maybe some new games for the rotation. Mm -hmm. So, and speaking of which, if you want to weigh in on what games we play on our Twitch streams, that's another one of those Patreon perks. So, go check it out. We got some cool stuff for you over there. Uh, and, of course, it is the best way to support the show. Um, so, yeah. Go, go, go check it out. Show your support if you can. If not, there's a bunch of other ways you can show your support for the show that will not cost you a nickel. Head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website. We've got links to everywhere we are on the web. Um, we've got our Twitter. We've got our Discord where you can come continue the conversation, chat with Steve and I, chat with other members of the community. These folks who you hear me read their names every week, they're there talking with us. So if you want to come become part of the community that we're trying to build here, find you know a safe, inclusive place for you to come talk games. It's a, no better place, I'd say, than our Discord. Uh, and then last but not least, you can write into the show at questions at flipscreen.games or by hitting us up on Twitter or Discord and get your thoughts read on the air during our talking points or during our question block. So the talking point is our main topic where uh, we'll usually tease that out, let everybody kind of weigh in on the story. Uh, but then the question block, you could write in with your own questions. So if you've got a question that you are, it's just burning in the back of your little brain and you feel like you need, you know, uh, your two video game dads, Pete and Steve to weigh in on, this is your opportunity, right? So write in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we always love hearing from, from you folks, especially folks who haven't written in before. So, you know, I'm going to issue that challenge again. If you've been a long-time listener and we've never heard your voice on the show, never heard your name uttered from my sweet, sweet lips, write in, okay? I want to hear it. So, that's enough about lips and writing and whatever the fuck I was talking about. Let's talk about video games, right? Uh, this this week, we both, we both streamed some Back for Blood. I want to start there. Uh, this yeah. is my first time playing the game. I was been looking forward to this one. I uh, was a big fan of Left 4 Dead 2 back in the day. Um, I know you had already played some of it. That was my first time kind of just jumping in. I skipped all the tutorials, so bit of a learning curve. But uh, I, I got to say, I, I think it feels really good. You know, like I think mm -hmm. that, you know, even while we were streaming, we were talking about how I think there, there's definitely room for uh, improvement. There's room for iteration. There's room for for adding more stuff over time, like kind of keeping the game alive as you know more of a platform or whatever. Um, but for an initial offering, like it, I feel like it's hitting all the right notes. You know, it feels like Left 4 Dead in the ways that I remember. It feels like what I remember playing Left 4 Dead being like. You know, um, and I think with a game that's either a reboot or a spiritual successor or whatever, that's like really the bar you want to hit right is i have nostalgia for this does this feel like it lives up to that or is it like oh right this isn't actually as good as i remember it and i feel like it falls squarely on the right side of that fence for me yeah i know i agree i think i kind of feel similar to to how metroid dread landed which is very much it it could easily have just been called left for dead 3 i think sure. and people wouldn't would have been like yeah this is the the next entry in the left 4 dead series i think there are some things that we spoke about on stream like i used to love the left 4 dead it was each thing was like a separate movie and you picked to do that campaign yeah. and each thing had like different vibes and different things that would happen and different storylines and different things that you would have to do this is just one long campaign that you can play acts one to four and each act has a fairly lengthy number of of missions that you go on and each mission has different things to do so like we did the first one which is very much just like get to the end 
we did the one with the boat where you have to explode the boat and get off the boat and um, run across you know, the bridge and everything run across and... the bridge yeah we also did the one where you have to go and rescue people and get them to the safe room so there's a quite wide variety of things you have to do and then on top of that it adds this like card deck building element which i think is really really cool where no two ra- uh, runs are the same because it adds in these like um cards of the uh, kind of like negative actions or additional things that you have to do and then you can also pick and choose from your de- own deck that you've built out which you get by um spending the supply points that you get from going on the missions you can acquire new cards and you can like and find cards you- in the field too yeah which is really cool and they give you different things like you might get like a health buff or uh it might show you where copper is which is the currency within the within the game world and things like that which really helps as it goes along and some of those are for everyone so the whole team and some of those are just for you which i really like as well and i like some of them are like they they have a lot of a lot of variance between them like right where there is like the you know the the type of thing that you said where it will just kind of give you a passive buff but then like i had a perk where it was like oh like your melee Right, like, because you can have a melee weapon, but then you also have, like, the standard thing that is in, like, every first-person shooter where, like, you click the stick and you punch, right? Or you can, like, Mm -hmm. push zombies away from you. Um, And that, I think it takes, like, five or six shots to kill somebody because it's not, you know... It's, it's it's supposed to be punch, like yes, the get away from me punch, right? Yeah, um, but I I chose a perk where you get like a hunting knife, and rather than it being a push, it's a one shot kill. So like if you're backed against the wall, you can easily just be like pop pop pop, and then you know keep moving. So um, I like that those those things. It, it kind of gives it like that roguelike or roguelite maybe more element where you're kind of like, oh yeah, like each run is a little different. Like luck plays a bit of a role into it. And... So, to some extent, yeah. But those cards, I know you you haven't got to that stage. I don't know if you played any more after the stream. But when you go back to town, you can build your deck. And it very much is like, it, it can be based on, a, you can build a deck out to be a specific play style. So I know I love melee weapons. I love the machete and I love the hatchet. So my deck very much favors melee weapons. I've got um, things that favor stamina. So I play as the guy that already gives you the stamina boost. And then on top of that, I will choose to get more stamina so I can just run through. But I've also got a card in there. Every single time I hit an enemy and kill an enemy with a melee weapon, I get one extra health. So it's just healing me by killing them with melee weapons. And I like that you can really uh, kind of figure out what your play style is and then hone that in with those with that deck of cards, which is really really cool. Yeah, I I really dig that. Um, I I feel like in general, like it's it's really hitting a lot of a lot of the notes that. Uh, oh, whoops! Um, I was trying to pull up some footage for us here. Uh, I, I it's hitting all the notes that I feel like I needed it to, you know, for it to to like feel like the game I kind of hoped that this would be. Um, and like I feel like there's a lot. Oh, no, I'm clicking around. You know, I had the official gameplay up. I'm just going to keep talking. I'm sorry about that. Just, just pull our stream up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's a good point. I should do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it's it's definitely got the right rhythm. And because I see how much potential I think there could be for iterating and and really, like, you know, continuing to develop like 
like we said, like new campaigns, like new groups of characters. Like I could see this being a game that they support for years and years and years in the way that, you know, so, yeah. um, the modding community kind of uh, continued to play and support, mm-hmm. um, you know, Left 4 Dead 2, right? Like we well, saw that for years you, and years. You had the idea of, of what if they did some tie-ins with other IP and, you know, license, say, the the Walking Dead and bring some of those characters and some of those story arcs in and make it feel like it's in that world. Because I think that could be a really cool idea and it gets people back into the game and excited about it. You could tie it in with a new season of The the Walking Dead. Uh, and, Not and anymore. I, that I show's that ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, whatever the the other one is, like they did another spinoff, right? That's basically the same show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is there is a spinoff. You're right. Um, but yeah, right. Like I think that would be something that would be really easy to do. Would be and yeah, you guys can see us playing now. Sorry, it's a bit of a weird crop, but uh, I'll I'll get this figured out for next time. But um, the idea of like doing like maybe like Walking Dead or like Army of Darkness and like you have like Ash, you know, and like maybe some of those other because there's like that evil dead game that didn't really seem to stick the landing. Um, or did that even come out yet? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it hasn't come out yet. And that's why I feel, yeah, I don't don't quite remember, which I think speaks to the fact that it's probably not in a super great place. The fact that I don't know if the game's out or not. Um, and it it kind of feels like this is, this is a, it's lunch a little bit. It came out day one game pass. People picked it up and it's, and it's actually a really great game and performance wise as well. Like, and I know we were playing on Series X. I don't know what it works. It plays like on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I can't speak to that. But it is so smooth. I don't know if it was 60 or 120 frames per second. I couldn't quite tell. But the fact that I couldn't tell, I think, really just shows how good the performance was. I know you turned off the motion blur, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, I don't like motion blur in like any video game like i i always turn it off immediately in any game that has motion blur that doesn't let me turn it off i'm i i am actively annoyed by okay that's fair um, so that's basically just, any nintendo game you're just annoyed that there's no settings whatsoever. yeah yeah i i just don't like motion blur i feel i don't feel like it adds anything to the experience i feel like it, it's i i think it adds a cinematic look and I was listening to Digital Foundry's uh, take on Forza Horizon 5, which I definitely recommend people go check out. And they ha- they came up with like, the term gamic, and it, 60 frames per second gives it a gamic look, and 30 frames per second gave it like a, a cinematic look. And I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I think this poses itself as like, oh, this is quite cinematic. It's like a movie you're meant to be playing, and like uh, you are in the horror movie where the zombies are coming towards you but it plays at such a high frame rate that stuff like motion blur uh, and chromatic abrasions can really kind of detract from that because it is very much a game and not a movie that you're playing i think if this was say 30 frames per second maybe the motion blur would help in smoothing some of the the jaggies out and making it feel a little bit smoother but i don't necessarily think you need it at the high frame rate i just i think for me like i i never feel like that makes sense like like i i get what you're saying but it's one of those like you know how um they'll talk about like folks who use inverted versus people who don't use inverted where like if you don't use inverted you're like i'm the character so if i want to look up i push up but then there's the folks who are like well no i'm the camera so i push down and it pulls i'm behind the head yeah yeah. like i i don't understand that right like i i've never thought about it that way wrapping my head around that is is weird and it's not to say like if you think about it that way that's fine right like whatever that's just not how i think of it 
And I feel that way about motion blur, the idea that it's like, oh, it's like more immersive or more cinematic or whatever. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like there might be motion blur in a movie, but I feel like with movies, like movies are a passive experience. Like that's about a director and a a team of creative people having a vision and delivering a vision to you. And if them having motion blur to convey, you know, speed or something like that is part of what they're trying to communicate then that's cool for me, right? Because that's their vision. But in a video game, like I, not to say that that's not what games are, but I don't think of it that way because I'm controlling the camera. I'm the one moving. And like when I think of the way that I that I look around with my eyes in the real world, there isn't motion blur, right? Like that's not a thing. Um, no, if I, I, I think it is. I, I don't have there it. Is motion blur. Maybe I just maybe it's just my eyes. But like when I turn my head, like I don't feel like thing i'm moving my head around the mic too sorry um i don't feel like i see things blur right like my eye just either glides or it stays on something and i move and it it, i so like it just doesn't work with the way that i think of vision so like whenever i you were seeing it as maybe a camera it would work what about in third person games where you very much are controlling a camera and you're swinging a camera around a character it bothers me less in those games because if i'm swinging a camera around a character to see behind them i'm like well this isn't this isn't how i look right like mm-hmm. i i feel like that degree of separation helps for me a little bit for some reason okay that's interesting so i want to talk about some of the things that that bother me uh, about this game because it's not it's not perfect um by any means but it, it is great it's really solid for launch is, it is i think yeah. the thing for day one I it's think- in a good spot yeah, I, I agree, and I think there's definitely room for improvement. I think some of the menu stuff, the fact that... Uh, I don't like this in a game. I don't know how you feel when you have to walk around an area to access different parts of a menu system. I kind of just want it to be tabbed. Yeah. yeah, and you're like in the camp, and you have to walk to a specific tent to kind of find out, oh, I need to go to this tent to build my deck. I need to go over here to start a campaign. It's just like... I just want a menu where I click start campaign or build deck. You know, I don't necessarily want all of this stuff. It's weird for me. There are certain games where I, that works for me and others where it doesn't. Um, I think in games that I think of as being like mission based, I don't want that. Like a game like this, a game like Monster Hunter. I remember I used to think that was really annoying at the brief time I played Monster Hunter uh, World or, or Ultimate or whatever, where it was like, I get it. Like, I get, oh, you're a monster hunter, and this is the camp that you're at, so you're going to run all these different plates. Like, here's where you go to do this. And it's like, I understand wanting to create a more immersive game world, and, like, I think that's the goal of, of hubs like that. But nothing nothing about it feels real or immersive because it's like if I was in the zombie apocalypse, I wouldn't have to go to a tent to be like, let me build out my card deck so that I can get the right perks when I go out and fight. Like, that's not how real things work. So it's like, it's funny because the inverse of that, like a good example of a game in recent memory is like Deathloop. And in Deathloop, I actually would have preferred it to be like this because Deathloop is very like, there's a story and like, you're in a singular place and you have a base that you keep coming back to and all and that the stuff. Weird thing, oh, the weird thing about Deathloop, from what I've seen, is you navigate the menu and like the character moves around a room behind you and is going to different places within that yeah. place. Like it goes to the map and you can see the map on the wall. It's like, why couldn't you just make it so you could walk to that area? 
Uh, and that's the thing you know, is, I, I think, think in... I just want choice, you know, because like, Splatoon does this thing as well, where you're in the Inkopolis Square and you can go to the uh, end section or you yeah. can go to the stores. And some areas you have to walk to them, like Krusty Sean's you have to walk to. You have to walk to the guy that scrubs your clothes. I don't love but it in the most Splatoon part, either. Yeah, but for the most part, I can just click Y yeah. and I can just navigate through a menu. And I think that's what I want here. You have to go to the tent. And then it brings up the menu and you can navigate around, which I, I didn't necessarily like all that much. Um, but another thing I will say really has kind of uh, annoyed me is the matchmaking is non-existent. I haven't figured out how to play with random players. It always, when I do single player, plays with um, just bots. And the bots suck. Like They are the worst pretty AI dumb. going. You were sat on the floor at one point, like, just shooting. I guess you weren't even shooting because you had a melee weapon. Yeah. And the, the bot was doing absolutely nothing to he try and rescue you. standing next to me, not saving me. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> and like, and I, So I had to run in and come and try and save you. And it sucked, right? And, yeah. and so I know from experience, because me and my brother played, and we both died, you respawn as one of the bots, you can take them over, the bots, oh, they that's won't cool. like, die permanently, which is cool. However, those bots are so fucking dumb, they not once change their gun for a better gun, they don't hold any items, <laughs> so you're left with absolutely nothing. It's like, why? That's the thing that you can see them fixing too, right? Like, you can improve yes. the AI. Like, those are, those are things that are not small complaints, but they're things that can definitely get better with patches too i think the optimal way to play this game is with friends right is the thing like you uh, your oh, best scenario yeah. is to have three other people and just play through this together like otherwise i think you're gonna have some things you bump up against for sure yeah ab absolutely um and then the i guess the final point that i uh have issue with is the difficulty levels i think the ramp up from <laughs> casual difficulty to normal difficulty it's huge it's, it's a huge it's difference absolutely massive gap and the the fact that the only way to turn friendly fire off is to dip down to easy mode i think sucks and i would yeah. like to have the option to have more granular control like turn friendly fire off on the the uh, medium mode and then maybe we could have coped with uh, just constant onslaught right yeah because coming that was the thing was we we're still learning and it's like it was too easy on easy mode but like normal we were not together enough to do it without killing each other and it's like okay like i need somewhere between these two things so i can get more comfortable and and i feel like now maybe we're at that place but like i would like i don't know i would like a little bit more control there i think well, we didn't even realize Friendly Fire was on, and you were just shooting me. Yeah, and when I, I hit like, you with the bat oh, at one point, was yeah, like, oh, my, whoops. My character, my character was like, hey, who's shooting me? Hey, stop hitting me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just see my health just slowly going down, and I'm like, this is fucking great. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, so, I mean, I'd say overall, initial impressions, strong. You know, like, uh, it's definitely not like a... Uh, a 10 out of 10 experience right now, but I think the bones of it are very strong. I think it's worth picking up and playing right now, especially if you have Game Pass. Um, and it's a game that I think, you know, if if it continues to have an audience and it continues to uh, to have interest behind it, I think the, you know, the ceiling for, for where it could go from here is actually very high. Yeah, I, I agree. I guess the only uh, difficult thing it's got against it at the moment is the fact that 
Halo is very imminent, and so it's probably got like a month or two until I would guess a bunch of people jump ship and go and play Halo Infinite. Probably. Uh, and Halo Infinite was incredible when we played the the beta. Um, I kind of feel that it feels a little bit better to play than this, but they are very different genres. That's the thing, Uh, one's right? like a campaign you're playing through as friends, and the other one's like an arena that you're in. I think that is something that Back for Blood has going for it, is I don't feel like there are many popular PvE games, right? Where it's like the whole point of it is to team up and, and tackle an objective together rather than you know multiplayer, player versus player stuff. So hopefully, yeah, like I think you're right. I think Halo will probably take a little bit of attention away from it, but hopefully it has carved out enough of a niche and an audience at that point that, you know, even if folks like us maybe are like, okay, we're done for now. We're going to go play Halo. But like a couple months from now, something new comes out and we're like, oh yeah, let's get back in and do this, the new campaign and back for blood, you know, or, oh, there's, Yeah. there's new, there's new cleaners. Let's jump in and try them out. You know, I could see that being the case. Mm -hmm. All right, so where where do we go now? We got two other games we got to talk to that are old games that we've been talking about. We can either talk about Metroid or Disco. Where do you want to go? Well, I mean, you finished Metroid, so I think you should probably talk about that, right? Yeah, fin to finished it. Sure, yeah. No, I haven't finished Metroid yet, but I'm getting there. I'm closing in. Um, Yeah, have you reached the bit where it says you're ready for the final battle? no. Okay. But I'm getting there. I, I, I know I'm making progress. The last thing I did was I got the gravity suit. And I think that's one of the last up, upgrades you get. I think it may be the last upgrade you get. So there you go. So I'm I'm almost there. I think I've got one Emmy left to kill. Maybe two. And then... Uh, have you done? So you've got. Have you done blue and purple? Those are the final two. I did the blue one. I think the purple So you've got one one is left the one I'm then. on right now. I think that's the one Yeah, you that need one's a the bitch. gravity suit to beat. Yeah. He's so overpowered. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Can scan Yeah, you can across see through the whole walls. map. He's It's got insane. projectile attacks. It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's just a <laughs> run and hope for the best situation. Are you still enjoying it? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be playing it if I wasn't. You know, like, I. That it's is interesting. true. I, I definitely still have problems with it. Like, there are things about it that are creating friction points for me. Or, like, I, you know, I'm bouncing up against it in ways I don't necessarily always appreciate. Um, like, I do... I, I think I've hit the point, especially... I think the last Emmy was the really the breaking point for me where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, I'm this is annoying blue one now. You know, like, this this last one where, like, I didn't have the gravity suit and it's like, okay... You know, he can scan the entire area. He has a projectile attack. He can move at full speed through the water while I'm fucking slot like slogging through. oh <laughs> that Like one yeah i hate that shit I was like, this is just annoying. Like they already have an inherent advantage over me. And it was doing that same bullshit where he spawned in the same place every fucking time. So it took me like ten times to get through this. You know, it's just like I I've oscillated between being like I really like this mechanic. This mechanic is annoying. I get new abilities. Oh, I really like this again. I'm back to... I'm, I'm fucking done with this. I don't like that the abilities come from the Emmys. I really don't. And as much as I think it's fucking weird, and I know people have told me it's because she's a Chozo and this is a Chozo planet, I still think it's bizarre that all of her abilities and suits are just floating around this random world she's You gotta never been get past to. that. <laughs> I, I prefer... I was, I was gonna say, I prefer that 
to getting them from an Emmy, which kind of just feels like, uh, so I just like magically put my hands on this thing and I absorbed the just power. Stole its powers. Yeah, it's like it's bizarre. Versus finding a li- in a little severe somewhere in the in the world on one of those like Egyptian statues that's just holding it out for me on a platter. It's so funny that that's where, like, I'm getting caught up. Like, I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Like, the story is whatever. Like, it's not that I don't like it, but it's like, it's just, feels like a means to an end. That's what I said end. about Fusion and everyone had a go at me. I was like, the story's just like, I don't care about the story. Well, no, my thing is that, like, I just, I don't really know what's happened. Like, you know, like, I know what it's told me, but, like, I haven't played the four other games in this franchise. Like, I, you know, it is what it is. Um... But yeah, it's it's like it's little things like that. Like it's little quality of life things that I find myself like brushing up against. Like I I'm not the first person to say this, I know, but like why does the double jump work that way? You know, like I don't understand. Like I know that What's that's just the double jump. It's awful. Like I know that that's you just how you jump in Metroid. Left, right? No, the thing that drives me nuts is that it's not the way that Every double jump in every video game ever made that's not this game works. Where I press A, and then while I'm in the air, or B, I guess, I press B, and then I press it a second time, and then I jump again, right? That's how double jumps work in every other video game. Yeah. In this one, there's a timing on it. You have It's like dump, jump, jump jump yeah. and you have to be in that rhythm and it's like i actually don't think there is i think you have why? to be pushing the stick in a certain oh the directional that. right 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 that yeah. too that's also dumb but either way so maybe it's not the rhythm thing but either way it's it's obtuse and it doesn't feel normal and i've had multiple situations where i've been like i've missed a jump because i get the rhythm on it wrong or like i'm running and i'm like oh i'm not pushing a directional because why would i have to do that and i don't do the jump right or whatever and it's like okay Mm -hmm. emmy got me again great you know just things like that where i'm just like i don't why does it work this way like just because this is how it's worked in the last four like this was a perfect opportunity for innovation was to make this jump less obtuse and less stiff have you got the infinite jump yet yeah, I just got that last night. It's fucking insane. I can't believe, like, I'm just darting all over the map now. Like, boop, yeah, boop, great. Boop, boop. <laughs> but that's 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 what where I was getting to the point of like, I feel incredible. I'm just, yep. I can just do anything. I've got the screw attack, and I can just jump on enemies and they die, and I can just jump anywhere I want. And I've got the the dash, which turns into the shine spark, and I can get into areas that I couldn't get into before. Um, I had my run with this game, and I was just like, I'm I'm done after the run. I know a lot of people have gone back, and as is traditional with Metroid, you try and get quicker and quicker and quicker because you get different um, screens at the end. And there's obviously all the power-ups you can go back and find. What I percentage of that. items did you have when you finished? Do you know? Uh, 49%. Wow, okay. Where are you with it? Uh, I don't know where I am with it now, but I know okay. um, I'm I curious was... when you get to the end what what, it, what your time is and, and uh, where yeah. you are because something Chewy pointed out was and I don't think he realized that the time in the map and the time in the menus and all of that stuff and the time in cutscenes doesn't count towards your playtime because obviously after the ten days waiting period that Nintendo makes you wait so you can see the time in your profile on uh, on the Switch was over and. I found out and truly found out that we'd played this game for over 20 hours, but the playtime we both got was around about 11 to 12. Yeah. And obviously there's a big disparity, which means we spent like eight hours in cutscenes and menus, which is insane. 
And I'm not sure 100% how accurate that is because it doesn't feel right to me that we spent eight hours in, in menus. I do not feel I spent that much time looking at the map, but maybe I did. And I think it it kind of it gives people a skewed opinion when they hear that, oh, you can beat this game in seven hours. You can beat this game in, in 11 hours. Yeah, technically you could if you knew exactly where you were going, but you're going to be looking at but menus. You you're going to be watching cutscenes. It's, it's, it is... I think for most people who haven't really got much experience with a Metroid game, a 20-hour game from the beginning. Probably. I, closer to that anyway, I would think. I mean, because I had that moment with um, with things as well where like I, I booted up the game uh, a couple you know, sessions in, right? And I, I had hit a point where I was uh, done for the night and I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save and, and close out because um, I hadn't closed the game since I started playing it. And I was like, I want to see what my percentage is. And, and, you know, my friend Mike had told me that it tells you that on the start screen. Um, and I booted up and it was like, oh, you played for three hours and you have like 15% of the items. And I was like, fucking what? Like, I feel like I played this game for like 10 hours already. How is that possible? Um, I know I'm further than that now. That was like, you know, I was way earlier in the game when I when I last checked that. Um but yeah, it does. It is interesting because I I know that it doesn't. Um, I don't know that the item percentage accounts for every like all the power ups and everything as well. Like I think that that's a weird skewed number as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. It's because in, I was like, how is that possible? How have I been playing for this long and I'm fifteen percent of the way in this game? But it's like I'm not. I haven't gotten all of the side stuff yet. You know. Um, I don't. I don't really know that I will. Like, I'm going out of my way to get I'm all the energy not. tanks, but um, I don't think you'll need them. I ended the game with eight, and I went back and looked for some because I was really struggling with that final boss battle. That's why I'm trying uh, to do it now, so that when I time. get to the final boss, I have the resources uh, I need. Yeah, because I went in with seven. I came back with nine, and I just didn't need it. I ended the uh, the fight once I finally figured it out, with six energy tanks left. So you don't really need that many energy tanks. If you're good at the boss fights, you won't need them. Okay. I feel like I do pretty good with them. It usually takes me like two or three tries before I figure out the loop. Yeah. The problem with the final boss fight is there's three stages that you have to learn. Right. And the middle one's just a bitch. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I'm hitting the point where I feel like I'm kind of ready to be done, you know? Like, when you're, you've are you been playing a game for a while and you're like, okay, like, we're getting close to the end. I think I'm ready to, like, commit and wrap up rather than continue to... Yeah, I can understand that. Backtrack and everything. Though I, it sounds like this game grabbed me a little bit more than it grabbed you because I just couldn't stop playing this game. I loved it. I mean, that's the thing is, like, I... I I hope it doesn't come off like I don't like it because, like, it has grabbed me. It's the only game I've played since I picked it up. You know, like, I I haven't gone back to, like, I still haven't finished Deathloop. I'm in the middle of my Mass Effect 3 run. Like, I haven't gotten to Far Cry. Like, I haven't finished Iki Island. Like, I, I was in the middle of a bunch of games. I think I might like more than this game all said and done. But, like, Something about this got its hooks in me, and I feel like I need to just play it because I feel like if I take a break, like I have with these other games, I'll be totally lost. Like I need oh, yeah, the you forget exactly what you're doing, yeah. and I need the muscle memory and everything. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I really like this game. Like it's going to be in my top ten for game of the year. I don't know where it'll be, but it's in that conversation. Like uh, it, it has to be. You know, like it yeah. definitely got its hooks in me. But I think 
I think it's I'm I'm at a weird spot right now where I'm trying to figure out are Metroidvania is an acquired taste that I am acquiring or do I not like the genre but Metroid Dread is so good that I like it anyway. And I that's where I I haven't quite figured out. I think it I think it's because it's so different to Metroidvania's in general as a genre. It it moves it along to get rid of some of those annoyances. It pushes you, it locks off areas, it kind of says, you need to go here. It adds teleporters rather than forcing you to go all the way back over the, the map again to get back to the elevator. Things like that really make this game more accessible and more enjoyable for people who don't necessarily like the genre, but there's still enough in there for people who love the genre and it is really their like, go-to. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I'm kind of interested to see like if I kick the tires on like an Ori or like Hollow Knight again or something like that, like will I get into it? Really, really easy in comparison to Metroid Dread. So I think that might be one to go. That may, that might be a good next one to do. And then like, kind of see, you know, like, is this something that I'm getting into or I could see myself getting into or did I just like Metroid? You know, I'm like, that's fine. Right. Like if, if that's the takeaway, that's cool. Um, I'm not sure yet, but I'm obviously enjoying the game because I, I, Thought I was going to get about halfway through this game and then put it down. And I'm finding like it being similar to my experience with Fire Emblem. Where I was like, oh, alright, I'll give this a shot. I want to give this an earnest try. And then I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is a good one. I like this. This is a good This was a good entry point for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know where this lands on my game of the year list, but I'm not um, telling anyone. Yeah, don't tell me yet. Save that for the main <laughs> event. So let's talk about Disco Elysium. Uh, I know yes. you've been playing it on Switch. You've been chipping away at it. I know last time we talked about um, that you were enjoying it, but that you were having some issues with the, the performance, um, which is something I've seen so I, I folks was, talking yeah. about quite a bit this week. So I was I was having issues the last time I played. Um, last time I spoke about it, I hadn't played all that much, and I was having stro- trouble getting into the, the thought cabinet menu, which is the final menu item. It just wouldn't let me in there at times. And that was frustrating. It was annoying. Uh, it's since, I've since progressed. I'm on day three now. I've just opened the waterway and um, I've progressed quite a lot in the game and I'm having a really good time with it. I love the game. I think the game is uh, objectively a masterpiece. I think it's phenomenal. And this, again, goes firmly onto my game of the year list. Uh, everything about it I absolutely love. Apart from the performance in this port, it's absolutely fucking horrendous and nobody i absolutely nobody should buy this game in the state it's in currently it's on nintendo switch and on xbox it's exactly the same oh it's bad on xbox yeah it's uh unacceptable to the level of if you go into a conversation or you go into a a a building quick save before you go in because it's probably going to crash and if you don't you will lose hours of gameplay i have lost probably two or three hours of gameplay over the course of playing this i've had four crashes at this point i've had a crash when i click quick save and it said an error has occurred would you like to report this error i click yes and then the game crashed and i was like this fucking this is fucking bullshit i'm i was done with it but i can't stop playing this game despite all those crashes I'm suffering through them because I'm into this game so much. I just wish I'd played it on a different platform that wasn't so buggy. Uh, that played said, on PlayStation, yeah. I think well, it's... or PC. I think is yeah. probably the the like number one platform people should play this. One is cheaper. 
two, I think this game probably plays a lot better with the mouse, even though the controls are, are fine with the controller. And uh, it's it's the most stable. It's been on that platform since since day one, and they've had a chance to kind of iron the kinks out. But but they have said that they are working on fixes for all of these issues. We just don't know when they're going to come. I just really hope it's soon because it is frustrating for people to lose gameplay. Uh, you know, I was in the middle of playing it and I just, I rage quit the thing. I was just like, fuck this. I'm I'm done with this. I was so annoyed that I'd spent 40 minutes in, because you know how long the conversations are in that game, right? Yeah. Like, I spent 40 minutes in one conversation. I backed out of the conversation and went back to the Whirling in Rags to carry on with something else. I was talking to Joyce. If you know who Joyce is in the game, you'll know yeah. where I am. And that was a long-ass conversation. I was chatting to her for a very long time. And if you're into the story of the game, you want all the details. So I was talking about the pale and all of this stuff and like learning about the world. And I was really into it. And I was racking up experience points i'd got a secret task that i'd completed and all of this stuff that i'd done by picking the choices in the right order then i go into the world in the rags errors crashed i load it back up everything's gone i am back and you have to go through that whole conversation make all the choices the again whole, yeah and i have to make them in the right order in order to be able to gain the experience points and complete the secret task that i was trying to complete yeah and it just it's it really detracts from an otherwise phenomenal game. Like, otherwise, this game is like up there with the best of the best um, CRPGs. I really, really love this game. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's a shame that that you're having those technical issues, and I didn't realize that those were prevalent on Xbox as well. That's surprising to me because um, it it runs great on PlayStation, um, or at least I had a good experience with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would recommend that game to anybody, but it sounds like you're going to want to wait for, you know, if you're on Switch or Xbox primarily, you're going to want to wait for some patches to come through uh, because it's yeah. such a phenomenal I'm, game. You don't want to be having these things get in the way of your experience. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm 10 hours into it at the moment and I'm going to keep playing it as as best I can. Um, and I'll report back once some of these bug fixes have come out and, and let people know how, how it plays. But for now, I would say steer clear of it. Um, go pl either play something else or pick this up on a different platform. Um, and, you know, just, just wait because it, I think it's worth waiting for. I've waited I've waited long enough to play this game. I wanted to play this game last year. Then they announced the final cut with the voice acting and I waited for that. And then it was announced that that was only coming to PlayStation and then I waited even more and then it finally came to Switch. And I think that just adds to my disappointment that it's a bad port at the moment and it has suffers with all of these performance issues. Um, because on top of the crashes, you do have the issue with getting into some menus, you get issues with slowdown, there's audio issues, there's a lot of things besides just the crashes. The crashes is just the, the most egregious problem because it makes you lose gameplay. Yeah, I mean, none of that is what you want to be dealing with, but that's just unacceptable. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we get that resolved sooner than later. All right, so let's jump into... I guess the news, I don't know. This is a, this is a, there's an update this week that we wanted to talk about yeah. uh, before we get into our talking point. We'll keep it short because there's not a ton of information here. Uh, but, you know, uh, obviously we're both big fans of Stardew Valley. Uh, this past week, Concerned Ape, uh, you know, the creator of Stardew, announced their next project, which is Haunted Chocolatier. Tier. Choc I don't know how to say chocolatier. 
I think it's just chocolate. Oh, chocolatier. Okay, there we go. Yeah. See, we did it. We nailed it, guys. Uh, haunted chocolatier. <laughs> uh, so this is a game where you are playing someone who runs like a chocolate factory inside a weird, like old haunted mansion. It looks really interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so this is uh, an action role play game. It's not the same as, as Stardew Valley at all. So I read through I read through the FAQ because I'm a big nerd and I wanted to know all about it. And uh, it's not his only game that he's been working on, his only project. He's been working on this in evenings and weekends for a year, and it already looks this fucking good because this guy is just that talented, and it's insane. He's a beast. He's only been, work- he's only been working on it in spare time over the course of a year. Uh, but if you've played Moonlighter, you'll kind of get a vibe as to what this is. You yeah. go through a portal in this... Um, you first of all you move to this new town and you find out that there's this haunted mansion castle thing and then within that haunted mansion castle thing there's a door you can go through to like another world and there i think is procedurally generated but we don't know yet it you can attack things and pick items up and do all, all sorts of stuff and you take those to your chocolate shop and you sell them and then you can upgrade your chocolate shop and you get new spaces and there's these cute little ghosts and it's awesome and i really can't wait to play this game it just has so many vibes of Stardew Valley. You know, you get to meet people and interact with them, but there's dialogue choices. This I was going to say, like yeah, really there's like some deepening RPG of elements. Yeah, of those social yeah. elements and everything as well, which is cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about uh, about it. I will uh, definitely um, be picking this up day one, um, which obviously will be on PC first, uh, which he stayed. He's definitely coming to PC. He doesn't know about other platforms yet. Uh, but interesting, it's, it's a whole new platforms. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> it is a whole new engine that he's written, so it's going to have to be ported. Um, so who knows how long that time's going to take? Uh, interesting that he's just decided to do something fresh and something new, and has said that this is uh, not the, the only project he's got in the works, but it's the one he's going to finish first because it's a smaller game. It, it, um, it makes sense to me that this is what uh, what he chose to do, just because, like. You know, I remember like reading um, the Stardew chapter in Jason's book, and I think he was talking about like where he was like working on this like bug catching game um, as like his next project and stuff like that. Like, where do you go with Stardew Valley? You know, like it's it's a living, breathing game. It's still getting updates. Like, I don't really feel like we need a Stardew Valley two, right? Like, maybe no, someday, okay. yeah. but not now. Um, I feel like that game is still fresh, and like there's constantly uh, things being added to it and reasons to go back. Um, so like why try to iterate on what's already perfect and what's still selling, right? Like this is a whole new idea. I'm sure that's more creatively rewarding. Like he worked on Stardew for so fucking long too, you know, like I'm sure he's excited he to do something the different. Game multiple times, right? Stardew yeah. Valley. Um, so I'm, I'm, I love this game. I, I love the look at it. I can't wait. I love the idea of just making chocolate with the ingredients you find in the, in the world. Yeah. And meeting new people and upgrading your weapons and doing all of that stuff. It very much reminds me of Moonlighter, um, but has that Stardew spin on it. And I, I'm so curious as to whether this takes place in the Stardew universe or not. It says in the uh, FAQ he's not ready to reveal that yet. Um, so I, I kind of... I'm leaning towards yes, it's in the same universe. Whether you move from Stardew Valley to the Chocolate Town or whatever it's called, who knows? Um, but I love the idea that this is um, an action RPG in the style of Zelda. Uh, but from Concerned Ape, I'm really looking forward to it, which is why I just wanted to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see it develop more. Um, I think he's one to watch, right? Like, really, really talented developer, um, clearly capable of doing some really, really cool stuff. So. 
let's see uh let's see how it turns out mm-hmm. and he's reached the point where he's self-publishing all of these games now because i think yeah. he's taken control of stardew back from chucklefish at least on pc he now self-publishes that and he's going to be self-publishing the haunted chocolatier which is really cool that's awesome yeah congratulations um i'm, I'm really excited I'm really excited to see more of it all right so let's jump into our talking point for the week um <clears throat> So uh, we got the news this week that God of War is the latest PlayStation exclusive uh, to come to Steam. Uh, and, you know, this is a, a debate that we've kind of been having, you know, quietly, I feel like, in the background of this show about... Yeah, we spoke about it last week, actually, didn't we? Though? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and, you know, just that that kind of question of how do PC games fit into the future of PlayStation and their 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 overall plans... Uh, for, yeah. you know, I don't know, for their business model moving forward, but also just like how they're trying to expand the PlayStation IP and, and all those kinds of things. So um, there's there's a few little bits I want to pull in here before we, we offer our takes, I guess. So Herman yeah, Holst- I, mean, I, I kind of I, I kind of would prefer to just like talk about where we sat before this announcement. OK, that's fine. Because last week we obviously spoke about it and I can't remember what the context was. And I was a little bit more, I guess, I think it was a, it was a, some, it was about the discussion between what console, which console you pick. Yeah. Yeah. Which my dad also commented on the YouTube video, by the way, and said we cheated and we shouldn't have brought PC into the mix. That's what I said. But I did anyway. I answered the question both ways. So (laughs) my point was, I'll take the switch because those PlayStation games come to PC eventually anyway. And I was very bullish on the fact that I think I'll be able to get to play those games at, at some point. You weren't so sure because of some of the delays between them launching on PlayStation and now launching on um, PC. And obviously it's only PS4 games we've seen currently. Right. Yeah. And just kind of, we debated that a little bit about like where that fits in. Right. Um, because I, I don't, I don't know. I don't look at this as um, the same. I don't look at it the same way that I think some people do, right? Where like I've seen the the comparison drawn between what Xbox does and that like this is oh this is clearly something Sony's going to be thinking about doing more and more moving forward, and the idea that like oh the PC market doesn't cannibalize the console market because they're totally different markets. Which is how I feel. I genuinely and do feel that way. I don't agree. Um, and, and I, I think I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's hard for me to like argue the point without data points or like using anecdotal evidence. Right. But like to play devil's advocate, um, I know PC gamers who are the primary way that they play games is on PC. It's their preferred platform, but they still buy a PlayStation and a Nintendo console every generation so they can play exclusives those people yeah, exist but, what, but my view is why does that matter because sony makes a loss on the consoles anyway and at some point presumably if this is so successful they'll do what microsoft does and have their own platform outside of steam because obviously you can buy all of the microsoft games from the windows store that's presumptuous and just get, and just get 100% of the profits instead of I presume they get favorable rates from Steam like a lot of the big publishers do. 80% instead of 70%. And I think 80% when there's not probably not much work involved in porting these over, especially if the engine's already come this to This is... PC. No. No, no, no. I'm cutting you off. You, you are taking leaps and bounds. You're assuming that... 
at some point, PlayStation is launching a PC version of yeah. the PlayStation Store, and that it takes minimal effort to port these. That's ridiculous. They bought an entire Why? studio for porting games to PC. That's obviously not. It takes it takes a lot of resources to make these I, games no, I, run uh, on different platforms. Agree. The the PS4 and the PS5 are both x86 architecture. They both run AMD chips. They've already ported the Decima engine, so I don't really understand why it would be that difficult. A lot of their games run on Unreal, which works on PC. Like, why is it difficult to port these to PC? It's, it's not. It's not a matter of it being difficult, but like, I feel like you're being flippant about like the amount of resources it takes. I don't think it's as easy as being like compile. It's on Steam now. Like, I I genuinely think that is the case a, a lot of the time. Then why aren't there because more games they're, on they're Steam? Testing and that comes down to their, um, I guess, sim- like what Herman's been saying in some of these articles, which is that it's early days and they're, I guess, testing the waters. The I stuff mean, that's on Unreal Engine, there's uh, there's no reason it couldn't come to PC. Absolutely well, no reason. So I think I think these games are these games are built and tested on PC before they go on to PlayStation hardware. Sure, so fine, so fine. If we're going to say that it's that easy, then I think it comes back to the other side of the argument, then, that, like, it's not financially advantageous to do that. Like, to put if it wasn't, old games on... they wouldn't on, be porting these games over. These are old games, though. This is the whole thing. You're moving the goalposts, because this is my whole argument, is that I don't think that it's... that there's no cannibalization. But putting a game that's six years old, like Uncharted, or five years old like you know horizon we we talked about that then right i don't think that's the same thing i mean we're what this is four years now for god of war 2018 yeah yeah coming out in 2022 it's getting smaller into that window it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and i think um, well hold on let me let me finish one point (laughs) because with that like it's it's that is a clear advantage right because if you are a PC gamer who wants to play one of those games but will never buy a PlayStation and you're willing to, to pay full price for it five, four to six years after it comes out, I, that argument completely makes sense to me. That's not a cannibalization of the market. That's not incentivizing someone to go buy it off-platform where you get a worse cut, all those things, right? You're having the opportunity to sell old software at full price, and even if you take, you know, a hit from giving Steam their, you know, their percentage, um, you're selling it for more than you would be on a PlayStation platform because on the PlayStation platform, it's very old software. On PC, it's shiny and new. Plus, who knows? Maybe you get some folks who you know buy it on PC again because they want to experience it on their their high end rig rather than playing it on. I think you will get that because obviously Uncharted Four is coming, runs at sixty frames per second, which it never did on PlayStation Four, and I just don't think it does on PS Five. I don't think they did a PS Five upgrade. I don't think it, it. I don't think it does either. Um. So yeah, that's all great. But again, this is old software that they're able to re-leverage for a new market. Now, this was the other thing that you said, right? Why does it matter for them to sell the hardware because they sell the hardware at a loss? That ignores the entire business model of consoles. Is that if they sell you the PlayStation 5 at a loss, right? And then they start making a profit after you buy the one game. Every game you buy on the platform after that is money in their pocket. And yeah, the idea like, that's your argument of if you're a PC player, you're only buying these for the exclusives, you're buying like maybe 
four, five exclusives. I think in the PS4 generation they spoke about it's only after game seven that they really start making money. So they're making a loss on you for basically the entire generation because the rest of the time you're going to buy your games on Steam because your PC rig's better. You could probably get the games for cheaper. And that assumes you that you're buy. only going to buy such... Like, I don't, I don't see... I feel like that that's such a small Venn diagram of the person who's like, yes, I bought a PlayStation for exclusives, but I'm only going to play like two of them, right? Like, no, like they're going to get you over the course of the console's life cycle if you continue to buy their premium software that's only on PlayStation. But like if they sell you that same software day and date on PC, they make less money because there's a middleman there. I, I, they don't, I don't control that, that marketplace. I, I, I don't know about that because I, I do wonder, like, at the, especially at the moment when presumably a lot of people can't get PS5s. But even still, I mean, it was the best selling console in uh, Japan last it month. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. But that was because I guess people were waiting for the OLED switch. I don't know. I presume that's going to swing back over now that the OLED switch is out this month. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but my my point being, those games you might wait and you might just get them cheaper on PlayStation when they're discounted because they are going to get discounted eventually. Versus buying it full price day one. On Copy PC. and paste that same argument on Steam. Steam sales become yeah. a thing, and if it's and it's sold for the same amount on Steam, it's a fraction of that because you're also giving away what is it, fifteen percent that Steam takes? Assume that they give PlayStation a better deal. Yeah, okay, great. Giving them a bad deal. Fine. Even so, that becomes a worse and worse value prop for for PlayStation. It's great now, but if if they were like, oh, God of War two, you can get God of War two on Steam, and then in six months or whatever, it's on sale for forty dollars, the same way that it is on PlayStation. Uh, but also, Steam takes a fifteen percent cut. That's not good. Like that doesn't. Yeah, but it depends on the like number of copies sold as well right because yeah. you're opening up to such a massive market like is giving away 15 percent of potentially i don't know 50 million copies sold on pc really that big of a deal when you've got a smaller um base to sell to on on console i mean yeah Last but that, that assumes that the game sold... sells 50 million like that's a lot dude like <laughs> Like how many did how many how many copies I'm looking at how many copies um uh Last of Us two sold. Well, while while it's, you look uh, that up, there's sold a... four. It's only sold four million copies, which is wild to me. That it's only sold four million copies. I think it could sell. It could have sold the same again on PC, if not more. Probably. And we know that Last of Us two is coming to to PC, right? I think it was in that leaked uh, Sony presentation. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that was the case. Um, I don't think it's coming soon, though. I really don't. No, I don't, because God, God of War is the next, the next big one, which apparently sold 3.1 million copies. Again, small numbers. That's, I kind of thought that's it its up-to-date number? That doesn't sound right. I have no idea. This is from Wikipedia, so it's probably yeah, not. That sounds wrong. Um, yeah, it does. Life to date, I don't think that's correct. Um, but anyway, this, is, this, this carries us into a, a quote from Herman Hulst, right, who... Um, is the you know president of, of PlayStation Studios. And he was interviewed by um, gamesindustry.biz. And he had, a, he had a quote here about um, wanting a future where Sony games are, are 
available to a wider audience. And I think it speaks to this this conversation we're having, right? Um, so he said, I'd like to see a world where the games we that we make at PlayStation can be enjoyed by, enjoyed by many, many tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions of people. Right now, with the existing console model, a really great PlayStation hit, you're talking 10 or 20 million people able to play that game. And if you compare that to music or movies, they can be enjoyed by almost limitless audiences. I think some of the art our studios are making is some of the finest entertainment in the world, and to gate that audience frustrates me. I'd love to see a world where hundreds of millions of people can enjoy these games. Yeah. So I, I found the updated sales figures. Uh, God of War 2018 sold 19.5 million units, which there you go. plays right into what Herman was saying, 10 to 20 million. I 100% think they are shifting to more of a software model. They've bought up so many studios. PlayStation Studios is becoming like a, a brand in and of itself. Uh, it's on safe, It's on the new Uncharted movie. It's a PlayStation Studios movie. As well as like a Sony Pictures movie, yep, it's becoming it's becoming a big brand outside of just being PlayStation. I can buy a PlayStation; that's the place to go. I think they want that they're, they're trying to follow Microsoft. I really do. Which Microsoft is? We want to put this in front of as many people. We want to put our games in front of as many people as possible with Game Pass. Sony obviously don't have a subscription service that can be really compared to Game Pass. They have PlayStation now, but that's more of a streaming service. Uh, I think and it's also not as it's not as it's aggressive, not as right? Yeah. Like it's like that's Xbox's future. Is like they're like mm-hmm. all of our games are on Game Pass day. Like Sony will never do that, you know. Um, they can't, um, and that's a thing that like I think is important when you when you make that comparison. Like I don't think that you're totally off base. Like I agree that this is a future part of their strategy. I just think we disagree to how much and and in the ways in which it is because I don't think that Sony can afford to be as aggressive as Xbox because you know everybody loves to bang their chest about Game Pass. Game Pass is still not profitable. Xbox is still not profitable. Right? Like Xbox is able to exist by the grace of the fact that they are owned by a fucking trillion dollar company. Which is one of the two people that sell computers. Like they <laughs> Microsoft is is enormous. And Microsoft, you know, for years, for years, for the almost the entirety of the Xbox One era, Microsoft leadership thought about spinning off closing down or selling off xbox because it is not profitable and it has never been profitable sony and the playstation are profitable and that is an important wrinkle you know who else does this exact same model nintendo and nintendo is also profitable so we can talk all day about innovation and Microsoft strategy it is not paid dividends for them in the same way that it has for nintendo and sony to be fair, they haven't been in the game as long. There are a lot of factors that that play into that. But like Sony has built value around the IP that they have cultivated and around the PlayStation brand in a way that like when you say PlayStation, nobody in the fucking world doesn't think the box. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that has to be the case forever, but like I think for what we're talking about to be the case, a lot of things need to change over the course of this generation. And that's not to say that they can't. I don't necessarily think they will because that's that's Sony's bread and butter is selling these fucking consoles and being the most popular console. I don't think they need to. I really don't think they need to sell these consoles anymore. I think because the PC market is so huge, which it wasn't, 
uh, like the say the beginning of the PS3 generation, PC gaming had stagnated. No one was really playing it anymore. It was at it was the console level, and it's only really been through the course of the PS3 and the PS4 generation that PC gaming has taken off again. I mean, Steam launched within that time. It became the de facto marketplace to buy games. So I I feel like the landscape has changed significantly over the course of the last decade, decade and a half. That now it's at a point where Sony can just become a place they can just become a software company. They just become the best, uh, the best builder of games, like EA, for example. But like EA and Activision I, just make games. They don't need to make. They don't make as much money as PlayStation, though. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's asking them to remove themselves from a market where they're completely dominant, and they make tons of money. Market, you like keep yourself in that market. You're just opening yourself up to a yeah, wider but, market. But you're but you're also limiting your market share. And like that's the thing is I don't think you've actually responded to that point. Look at Xbox. Look at how many people in our Discord, in our community, do not own an Xbox. And the reason they don't own an Xbox is like, well, I have a PC. Mm-hmm. And how many of those folks own a PlayStation? A lot of them. Because they want to play uncharted or last of us or ghost or god of war or horizon if all those games are on pc the playstation just becomes the same as the xbox and guess what xbox don't sell that well well i i think maybe in america that's the case but i do think that xbox is is selling better than it has ever before i mean we don't know the actual numbers and obviously playstation is the and why doesn't xbox share those numbers as much because they're not well, as high as they want them to be. They also don't. I also feel that their their strategies are completely different, right? Game yeah, but one of them is the profitable and one of them isn't. But, but what I'm getting at is the console market and the PC market are so different. Like you're talking about nerds, essentially, in the the nicest way possible. You're talking about people that watch videos and listen to podcasts about video games and are part of discords about video games. The average person that buys a console and plays FIFA and maybe Uncharted doesn't really care. Does Probably doesn't own a gaming PC. Isn't going to be bothered by that. I genuinely think they are two different markets with different people and different niches. And I feel that they can both exist and they have both existed absolutely fine. And I feel that Sony will continue to sell shitloads of consoles and they will continue to shift shitloads of PC games. I mean, God of War uh, was announced as pre-order. It was number one in the Steam charts for like days. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. I think where we're in disagreement is about like, I think that that works when you're selling old software at a premium price. I think if they were like, hey, Horizon 2, day and day on PC. That would be bad. That would be bad for PlayStation, and I genuinely believe that. I don't that. think it's ever going to be day and date, but I could see it being six months, 12 months. You reduce that four-year window down to, to one, and it becomes like it's a timed exclusive on PlayStation. Yeah, then I think, I think a lot of folks never buy a PlayStation then, and I don't think that's what PlayStation wants. I don't think that they're interested in becoming a, we just sell you software wherever you want it. I think that they want you to buy their fucking box. They want you to buy their premium hardware. Possibly. I mean, I guess we'll see. I disagree with you. I really think the future, the future one, they uh, have got that partnership with Microsoft where they could do in streaming shit. We don't know what that what that's going to equate to at some point, but it's going to happen. And we're probably going to see them be a little bit more bullish with PlayStation now and getting that on mobile and getting it in front of more people. Maybe and that again. 
that again comes into what Herman was saying about getting this in front of hundreds of millions of people. He wants anyone to be able to get it that yeah. doesn't need the because the entry cost for a PlayStation is high. Mm-hmm. Four hundred and fifty pounds is not cheap for for something to play games on. And if you already have a PC that's capable of playing games, or you already have a phone that you can stream them on, why would you not want to put them in front of that audience and and say you don't have to spend four hundred and fifty pounds plus 70 pounds to buy the game you can now just get this on on your phone but that's the thing right is like in what how does that how does that make them money is the question because they're not making money on the 450 pounds anyway you're giving them 70 quid for the game they're making money straight away there yeah but that's right but that's if that happens in that way right like and i i think that that's a very important wrinkle in this conversation right And and i'll say this right now if PlayStation at some point comes out and they're like, we're launching the PlayStation storefront, the app, and you can get it anywhere and it's on PC and it's on mobile or whatever, then I'll eat I'll eat shit and say, fine, you're right. Like if they have a platform that they own and they control and I can give them $70 regardless of me owning a PS5 to play a game on PC or on mobile, fair play. Then whatever. I think that's the way that's the way it goes. I mean, then uh, why are they putting them out on other, Steam? Because that's where people, that's where consumers want them right now. Right. But you get that leg in the marketplace and you do what every other game publisher did. EA has its own launcher. Epic Games has its own launcher. Blizzard has its own launcher. Ubisoft has its own launcher. And guess what? People still buy those games and play them, even if they're not on Steam. Yep. Because people want those games. You get that leg in the market, you go, right, we're launching games on PC now. Steam was an experiment. Let's find out, see if it works. Yes, it has. Now let's make our own platform and, and make 100% of Maybe money. you're right. Maybe you're. Maybe it's that simple. But I have to wonder why they've chosen to do it this way, if if that's really their end goal. Because I think that if they had, anou- if they had decided to do that and done the legwork and announced, hey, Here's the PlayStation. You can get PlayStation games on PC now from our proprietary app. That would have been successful. That would have been something that people would have gotten a pop for. But I I wonder if they want to put the resources towards that, towards maintaining that, towards putting those games out. I don't know. They did just buy a studio that does PC ports, right? So I think it's clear that this is a a huge part of the future of their strategy. It's just going to be a matter of how i guess and what the timelines are and everything and i don't know maybe you're just maybe you're more forward thinking than i am on this one but i i i don't know i just don't see sony as being as bullish and and modern and all those things that we praise microsoft for being i don't feel like sony's that company and maybe i'm wrong maybe it's a new era of playstation Herman hasn't had his chance to kind of put his mark on it yet. He's he's new. He's only been there for a, a couple not wrong. of years, and and I kind of feel that this is the beginning of him pulling the ship in a different direction. It takes a while, and I think now we're kind of seeing his vision, which he's spoken about in multiple interviews. He you know, he had the interview with the PlayStation blog where he said something similar. Had the the interview with with Kimberly Wallace at Game Informer where he said something similar. And the one with GamesIndustry.biz that we spoke about. Uh, he's saying the same stuff over and over again. The PC is a platform and is a part of the strategy. We just don't know how big of a part it is yet. And I kind of feel that it is going to be a, a huge part of, of the way they go. And maybe they're just they're testing the waters right now. Who, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you make some compelling points. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but I, I think that they're... 
I think I think what you're saying makes sense. It's just a matter of, I guess, if that's where they're trying to go. You know, if that's where they see the industry going, I guess. Um, which is, I guess, tough for me because I really don't think there's any evidence to show that the industry is going that way. Xbox is what, trying to PC? go there. No, not like to software only in that way. I think I think mobile gaming, the mobile gaming market and the fact that say um Genshin Impact the biggest yeah. platform is mobile and it's basically a console game I don't, on mobile. Yeah, but it goes I, to show how many people do want to play that kind of game on other platforms. You you're right, but I also I think that that comes back to the argument you yourself made earlier where like I don't think that you can look at the mobile market and be like we can gleam anything about the video game market from the mobile market. I think, and I've made this before and it sounds like a joke, but I genuinely feel this way. I feel like the mobile market is to the video game market as pornography is to the movie industry. Like, they're not really the same fucking thing. And yeah, there's a huge, huge, huge number of people that want to play mobile games. I don't think that a high percentage of those people are people that can be courted by PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo in the traditional way that we're talking about. I don't feel like there's a, a, a huge number of people that follow the, I played Genshin Impact on my mobile device, so I went and bought an Xbox. I don't think that that's like a pipeline that really exists. I would in a love to see way. those figures because I bet there are people who started Genshin on, on mobile and then move to another platform. I've, I think I've that's probably kind of true, but I bet those people already play video games in a traditional way. Yeah. I don't think yeah, that there totally. are mobile first players who are then like, I like this video game thing. I'm going to go buy a Nintendo Switch. And I might be wrong. I'm sure there are folks like that, but I, I bet there's people that got into like say Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and then was just like, maybe, oh, there's a full one of these games and maybe I so. buy it and I need a console to get it. And and you're probably right about that. Um but I don't know. Like I I feel like it's not uh, I feel like it's it's tough for me to look at that and be like, yes, like this is data that we can act on here in this other market where people pay for premium products. People in the mobile market don't want to pay for anything. That's why microtransactions exist. You know, like I, I, it's hard for me to say like, we can look at that person and then be like, how do we get this person to go from spending no money or like <laughs> lots of money nice. over the course of months to be like, what if you gave us $70 up front? Or what if you bought a $500 or $300 piece of, of hardware so that you could play games on? Like, I don't think that yeah, person likes to thing. play games that's, like that, though, is the that's thing. That's what they're trying to do is, is reduce that barrier for entry. You know, Herman said he doesn't want to gate. Yeah, but, uh, but does the person who wants to play Candy Crush in the doctor's office want to play a fucking 40-hour game on their phone? Like Last of Us? Like, I don't think I, so. I, I kind of see that. I kind of think that there are a bunch of people who play game big games on their phone that aren't just Candy Crush. There are a lot of games outside of just like casual stuff now. Like, but like what? Fortnite, like example. what games? There's tons of people that were playing Fortnite on their phone. Yeah, but Fortnite's free. Yeah. And Fortnite's Fortnite like a free. cultural icon. Like, you play Fortnite to hang out with people. That's, like, a thing, right? Like, young people who don't even really fucking care about Fortnite mobile play it like together. another platform to prove that people don't necessarily just... People that play games don't necessarily just play them on console. Yeah, they you're right. They play them in other places. And PC, like, I don't know how big... I don't have the stats on PC gaming, but I know it's massive. I know sure. it's huge. It is. And And to just have a tiny little slice of that, I mean, obviously... People were interested in these Sony games, and I know you say that it's because they're old ones, but if they're that old 
and people have already played them, why would they buy them again? I guess maybe they want to play them with the higher performance. But yeah. I kind of feel that a bunch of people missed out on these because they didn't have a PlayStation, and now's their opportunity to play them. And you're totally right about that. I just think this is a safe way to do it, right? Because it doesn't cannibalize PlayStation's business model. That's the difference in my mind. It's it's when you're talking about bringing those those release dates closer together that I feel like I don't know. I don't know that that's the right thing for them. But also, like, what the fuck do I know? Right? Like, I'm a podcaster. Like, if they think that's the right move, they'll try it and we'll see what happens. Right? Um, my guess is if they sell more copies of God of War on Steam than they did on PlayStation, you'll see Ragnarok come to PC a lot sooner than than people think. That's probably true. I think you're probably right about that. So let's, uh, speaking of people, let's hear from the people. We got some comments here uh, from you listeners that I want to get I want to get read out here. Uh, this first one comes from Zade, one of our Patreon producers, who wrote in and said, I remember when owning a PlayStation was cool. But in all seriousness, this is awesome. The performance is why I couldn't get into God of War, and I hope this is the time it grabs me. There are also a lot of these PS4 games that could do with the PC port, uh, like Bloodborne. Yeah, I you mean, agreed? I, like, was that performance issues with God of War? Uh, I mean, I had a PS4 Pro, so I didn't have them. But if you're playing on base PS4, probably. Um, base PS4, very old. Very old device by the time 2018 rolled around. It's already five years yeah. old. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I, I played The Last of Us 2 on uh, base PS4, and yeah, it was restricted to that FPS. You didn't have the performance mode like you did on Pro, but it played just fine. I had a good time with it. There you go. But yeah, I, I, I get that. Like, there are p folks who care about performance in a way where, like, playing on PC is always going to be preferred, right? So, um, yeah. these, like these ports absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, like, people have wanted a 60 FPS version of Bloodborne for forever, right? So, like. I'm surprised it doesn't exist on PS5. Like, why is that all patch for that game? Who's going to do it? Yeah, I'm like from software finished development on that game so fucking long ago. I doubt that they're like, yeah, let's crack back open Bloodborne and add a 60 FPS mode for no money. Well, I mean, uh, you could give it to Bluepoint. They just bought could. and did Demon Souls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that's the I don't know. Director's cut and charge twenty dollars like they do with all their other games these days. Folks would definitely buy that too, right? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll see that this week on the PlayStation Showcase because there's going to be some new stuff. Maybe so. Us. Maybe so. That, how funny would it be if we have this whole conversation and then at the showcase they're like, <laughs> the PlayStation <laughs> app on PC. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation games are coming to Apple. Is it too late to put this on my predictions list? It's yeah, like I'd say it's too late. It's oh. a little too late for that. You can put it on your 2022 predictions list uh, if you uh, want. Yeah. yeah, I think I might. Uh, Ed Figueroa wrote in and said, I think PC could help PlayStation get out of being a niche audience and grow more wide because right now Xbox has them beat in that regard. If they had a service similar to Xbox Game Pass so I can play slash stream a PS4 game on my PC or tablet, then they could be unstoppable. See, and that's the thing is I don't agree with that. Like, you're right that Xbox um, 
has them beat in that regard in the ability for you to do those things. But I don't, how much has that paid dividends for Xbox? Like, yes, Xbox is selling more than ever. There, I think Xbox is like, people are interested in Xbox right now in a way that they haven't been the last generation. But like, there's not more people who have an Xbox than a PS5 because of that. There's not more people who are clamoring for Xbox's IP over PlayStation's IP because of those things. I think that like, we could see those things, but I also think that, uh, you know, you, you said it earlier, right? The nerds like us that pay attention to this shit, we feel that way. But, you know, my average gamer friend, right, is not thinking about Xbox in that way. My, my friends who are folks that play video games but are not as fucking dorky as us are all either bought a PS5 or are trying to get a PS5 because they want to play Miles Morales or Demon's Souls or Ratchet yeah. and Clank or Deathloop. They don't give a fuck about this stuff. And until that changes, what 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 reason is there for PlayStation to push? You know, to to meet a need that people are not really asking for. I mean, not not nobody, but us, right? The dorks, the nerds. Like we're we we talk about this stuff in that way. But the ga- average gamer that you describe, Steve, I don't I don't think they know or care about some of this stuff to that degree. But I don't well, know. I also, I also kind of feel that a lot of people don't realize that PlayStation Now is available on PC and on tablet. You can stream yeah. those games if you, if you want. I don't think a lot of people know that PlayStation the... Now exists. I, I don't. And I think <laughs> that's a branding problem for PlayStation. Yep. They've got PS Plus and PlayStation Now and they have different tabs and different subscriptions. And I think PlayStation uh, Xbox did a great thing with you know, Game Pass Ultimate abolishing the gold brand and xbox live becoming the xbox network and rebranding all of that stuff earlier this year shifting everyone over to to game pass ultimate i think playstation kind of needs uh all in one subscription service where you get ps plus and you also get ps now where you can access this big library of games yeah yeah i think something like that is is something that they need to do i think it's clear that xbox is marketing campaign around that stuff is so much better um that's why we talk about it all the time we talk about game pass all the time you know and the royal we in that one like we as gamers nobody fucking talks about ps now like that nobody um but again it's worth it's worth reminding Game Pass became what it is because Microsoft is willing to eat shit on not making a profit and to spend billions and billions of dollars acquiring studios and games to put on Game Pass. Yes, that is true. But, you know, you you keep saying Xbox doesn't make a profit, but I don't know how much that matters to Microsoft in the grand scheme of things because... In the short term... Their shareholders care that the stock price keeps going up and up and up, and presumably that keeps going up and up and up because they like what they're doing, not only with Xbox, but with Windows and, I don't know, fucking Office and Microsoft Teams and all the other boring shit that they do. And they are on a win-win. They make money if you have a PC because you have to buy a copy of Windows in order to play <laughs> these games. Yeah. And they make money if you play them on Xbox. So that they're, they're making money from Sony games at some point. It's you just it's indirectly, right? And that's the thing though. I agree with you for now, but do they feel that way five years from now? Do they feel that way ten years from now? Do they feel that way if no, Phil Spencer leaves or gets outed? 
I don't think he's getting acted anytime soon. But I did see. I didn't say soon. That they hit their um, they they missed their targets for year on year growth, but they still by a significant percentage. But I mean, they still had a year on year growth of thirty seven percent, which is insane. That means that uh, on average, I think it was the subscriptions are at I think something like twenty two million now. Yeah, that's a lot of money they're bringing in. It really is every month. Well, and and there's a real good chance that that shoots up a shitload when Halo comes out, right? Like you've got Halo, you've got Forza. Think about what all the Bethesda games like Starfield uh-huh. and stuff is going to do to that subscription service. Yeah, and that's the thing is we might be singing a very different tune by the end of next year, right? Like, um, I don't say these things to put Xbox down. I say them to just keep things in perspective, right? Is a lot of the stuff we're talking about is still theoretical. Right. Like we haven't actually found a way to make this a market standard possibility because, you know, um, we had that quote from Herman earlier talking about movies and, and music and all that stuff. I think a key thing that we're forgetting about in those comparisons is that as the barriers of entry for movies and music have gotten lower in the way that we are talking about for video games, the profit margins for creators have gotten worse and worse. Musicians make fucking nothing on music. Releasing music is like, you know, you... you yeah, on the advert for your um your tour at this point, right? You only make the right. money on the tour. So or your t-shirt. Listen to this live, yeah. Right. Or oh, buy a t-shirt, please. Support us. Um, most folks don't do that. Most people are passive or casual listeners of music and don't actually pay for music and rarely go and see live performances. Basically, the entire music industry is subsidized by the same level of dork that we're talking about that we are for video games, right? Like, that's basically how music exists and gets made. Um, So, do we want that for video games? Because that would be bad. Um, Same thing with movies, right? Like, there is a a creative... Everything's from Disney or Universal at this point. (laughs) Yeah, the three fucking companies that can afford to make movies that people actually see. And outside of those movies, outside of your MCU blockbuster, you know, type movies like that, how many movies do you go and see a year in a movie theater or that you seek out on Netflix that are actually like indie auteur made films? Do you support those? Do you buy the DVD? Do you buy the Blu-ray? Do you go and buy a t-shirt? No, you fucking don't. Um, so more people yeah, is not necessarily Disney, good. Right? It's yeah, not- but Sony wants to be Disney. That's where he's getting at. He, he yeah. wants to be creating... I know. Imagine if he creates the fucking MCU of of Marvel games and sure. he's got Spider Man and all that shit. And it, clearly, they're the trying that, game. right? Like they're putting out a Last of Us TV show. They're trying to go multimedia. Great. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm saying that like, the, well, Nintendo's doing the same thing with the Mario movie and the theme park, um, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's the thing. There are other ways to monetize that IP and make more money, but like the one-to-one comparison between oh, hundreds of millions of, of people watch movies and listen to music, right? Yeah, and how are those industries doing right now? Not so hot. Uh, it's interesting, though, because now you mention it. We had this conversation a couple of weeks, ca- weeks back with 
why the fuck is Toby Fox putting Deltarune out for free? And it's like, yeah, but you really want to get that roll new Rolsey plushie, right? With uh, without the hat, and you really want to get that Deltarune soundtrack. Yeah, man. Right? <laughs> Toby Fox could release all his video games for free. He could do that. <laughs> That's the thing, though, right? Is like having a core activated base that shows up and spends money on what you do is a good business model. And it's, in fact, a better business model, I would argue, than having hundreds of millions of people that casually give a fuck about what you do about what you do, but don't actually care about it enough to show up and spend money on it. You know, like, I don't know. It's it's complicated. It's I don't I don't mean to act like it's a simple black or white situation. It's I think that's the whole reason the conversation is interesting, is that like it. It's not a clear-cut answer, and everybody's doing something a little bit different. So we're going to have a really, really good litmus test of what of these models actually work in the next couple of years, right? As we see people commit and double down or pump the brakes and back up. Or we see the competition double down and be like, oh, shit, Xbox was right. Um, at that point, it might be too late, right? So I don't know. Uh, this next one comes from Andy Radford, another one of our Patreon supporters. Uh who wrote in and said, Sony are just looking to make some money from their old games by porting them to PC. I don't see a time when anything new will be available on Steam. And in the future, Microsoft may make Steam available on Xbox. That means those PlayStation games could be played on Xbox. It would be good if Microsoft and Sony could do a deal on old games. How much money does it does a game that's, say, three to five years old make? Porting it across to the rival console would make more money. PlayStation gamers could play Halo, and Xbox could play Uncharted. None I think that's, that's ever happening. I yeah, and I again I think that's one of those things that sounds great in theory because it's pro consumer, but that doesn't that doesn't really help them. You know, like I I I genuinely think that there's more value in being like the PlayStation brand is really strong and we have this group of studios that we've cultivated who put out these insanely high quality games that you can only play here is more valuable than selling an additional number of copies on the the enemy platform you know because again if you remove that difference right if you remove the fact that playstation has games that you can only play on playstation what reason is there for you to buy a playstation instead of an xbox the controller like it, yeah it, i guess uh, why it's the controller and traditionally it was all of my friends play their games here and how and much does I'm that matter now to this I'm restricted to this walled garden, but now uh, Fortnite blew those doors open with crossplay. That that doesn't really matter anymore either. Right. So then it becomes a thing of I think that what you really have to do as a platform is find your differentiators. Right. Like the Nintendo Switch, it's the only one that's a handheld as well. That's a differentiator. They've got exclusive hardware. That's a differentiator. Xbox has insane services. Game Pass is incredible. Like. You know, Xbox Live has traditionally been the best online service of the three. Um, they have those platform differentiators. Sony has its controller and it has its exclusive software. And those are its platform differentiators. And if it takes that away, like, it's just another box. Yeah. Like what I wonder how long that controller maintains as a platform differentiator as well. I could see the next Elite controller having some of those features. And well. Xbox has kind of talked about that, right? About probably mm -hmm. aping some of those ideas. So if that's the case, then we're you know. just software. Yep. And then at that point, who has better services? Xbox. Mm -hmm. That's not a good value proposition for PlayStation. It just isn't. 
I do love the idea of Steam coming to Xbox though, because it is technically just a Windows PC and under the underneath the yeah the curtain, right? you're not but they're I not going to do that though happening. no because it, no, it's, the, it's the it's the same argument money. I've made right where then they have to give a percentage of their cut to Steam that doesn't help Xbox at all you know no it doesn't they want you buying games from the Microsoft Store mm-hmm. although they have just put the Epic Game Store on the Windows Store. Which is mad madness to me, and apparently Steam is available to come there as well. So I have to imagine crazy people. I have to imagine Epic gave them like a big old chunk of money for that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like that softens that blow quite a bit, right? <laughs> All right, so uh, last up on the block, we've got a patented three question. Uh, rock block here from Who's from, that from from gabriel hasselmeyer aka wow. Asobi, our patreon <laughs> producer uh who wrote in and said one are you guys looking into buying any of the games once once again once they release on pc no i will not do that i am buying god of war for the first time and i'm playing it on my steam deck and i cannot wait i'm very much looking forward to playing that game it's insane it's so insane to me that you're doing that, that insane it's just funny that you it's, never played it and you're like ah yes the steam deck <laughs> do you know what that steam deck's got similar performance to ps4 and it doesn't have a shitty old hard drive so it's probably going to play better than if i played it on my base ps4 yeah but it's so crazy to me that you're playing this gorgeous fucking video game and you'd be like ah on my big beautiful oled television <laughs> oh nah. plug it in. do you know i'll, I'll plug it in oh yeah steam you deck. could oh. All right. I could just plug it in. All right, you know what? I take it back. That works. That works out pretty well. Yeah, no, I will not be buying any of these games again. Um, I have them all. They all run better on PS5. Also, you hate PSP fan on PC, so that's like a big factor as well. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, that sucks. I miss liking playing on PC, but because of my job and the fact that all my extracurriculars are sitting at this fucking desk, um, yeah, I don't want to spend the remaining sitting there talking to me all day yeah i don't want to spend what little <laughs> other time i have at this fucking desk playing games <laughs> also i got my tv yeah i got my beautiful television i want to play in there it's more comfortable i know yeah i played back for blood downstairs on that tv and i was like oh yes i'm so glad i'm not playing it on my shitty little spare one in the yeah. office yep Number two, do you think Sony is using the PC to get some extra cash for games that didn't sell super well on PS4 and to get people interested in buying a PlayStation to buy the sequel to some of those games? I think that's half correct. I don't think it's because they didn't sell well. I think it's just because they want them to sell more. Um, twenty, Like yeah, 19 I, million copies for a console exclusive game is actually extremely good. What's the PS4 like, base though? Isn't that over 100 million? I think we crossed that. But that's that's fine though. Right, like it, yeah, it's it's that's, not that's it's not as big of an attachment rate as you might want, but you know, you get a hundred percent of that profit too. Is the other thing yeah, um, that makes it it's kind of wild. Then in that case, the attachment rates you get for some Nintendo Switch games. I mean, look, at yeah, Smash, dude, it's like fifty percent attachment rate. That's that's like unheard of. Is the thing right? Like that's insane. Um. So yeah, I, I don't think it's a matter of them not selling super well. It's just like, how can we continue to leverage our IP to make more money, right? Like, yeah. to your point, Steve, it shouldn't take the same amount of development resources to port a game to PC as it does to like, you know, remake or remaster or any of those kinds of things. Um, so it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you put in that work to resell a six, four-year-old game to a new market at full price, right? It's just good business. Mm -hmm. um and then and to your I, other I point also, 
I, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I also kind of agree. I do think it is to um, sell sequels as mm-hmm. well. I think that's yeah. why it's God of War, because we know Ragnarok's coming out next year. And Horizon, um, right? Horizon 2's right around the corner. Yeah. Well, Horizon came out last year, though, right? Because that's kind of... A, I guess they thought it was going to come out this year. So right, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just good timing, right? Like, it gets it gets people mm-hmm. talking about the IP again um, and buying it and playing it again. And yeah, maybe some of those folks are like, yeah, fuck it, I'll buy a PS5. I want to play both of those games this year. There you go. And then number three, will Sony look into making their own game launcher once they put more on PC? Yeah. Steve seems to think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think probably yes. It's just a matter of, I guess, Especially when... Like and- but can you imagine if you went in more bullish with the whole thing? It's like you've got your PlayStation friends there, you're connected to the PS Plus, you've got PlayStation Now, a play- PS Plus hub. collection. Maybe you port all those yeah, games exactly. to PC. And then I think it makes a lot of sense for a launcher to exist. I can interact with my PlayStation friends without having to be on my PlayStation. And it's just an extension of my PS5 on PC. Yeah. I would say if that isn't their long term plan, it should be yeah. because i think as long listen, as listen listen up Herman. yeah right you, we know what we're talking about i'm just saying you know i feel like as long as as long as sony's prospects on pc are t- tied to somebody else's storefront that's a, that sucks that's a losing proposition for them yeah they're 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 giving steam a cut of money that should be theirs you know yeah that's why you can see every major publisher followed that strategy for a long time and yeah they're still available on steam as well but you do get incentivized to go and buy them from their own stores. They're often cheaper or you get a discount there. Yep. So, yeah, I think I think we we'll probably will see that eventually. It's just, a, I guess, a matter of when and how that manifests. Because um, to Steve's point, they're supposed to be working on improving cloud solutions with Microsoft. So, I mean, that could that could easily be where this goes, you know, is a PlayStation app that you can get on your smart TV, on your phone, on your, you know, whatever, right? Um, yeah. We'll see though, because I have a hard time thinking that like they're going to commit to actually making something like that be good enough where it doesn't look like second fiddle to Game Pass. But it's 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 tough. But you, if you bundle that in with PS Plus and it's just an extension of that, and you go with that branding, I think they can make it work. It depends yeah. how they market the thing. I think if you make it a brand new service and and people see it as oh, this is just Sony's reaction to Game Pass, it it sucks. But if it's just a a value add to an existing subscription that you're already paying for, then I think that makes sense. Maybe you follow the Nintendo expansion pass. Uh, system where it's like you add on to your PS Plus subscription, so it's like PS Plus games or something. Maybe so. I mean, I think this this generation one of the most interesting questions is going to be how the streaming wars and everything play out. And by the end of this console generation, will we still be buying and playing games the same way we did at the start of it? You know, um, I think in many ways, yes, uh, but. We have some very interesting questions being raised by some of these strategies and and the moves that we see, you know, these uh, these console holders making. So, you know, I doubt this is the last time we'll talk about this. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll get an update about it at this uh, PlayStation presentation this week. Uh, but if not, um, you know, it's it's a story that will continue to develop. So we'll continue to talk about it. 
Um, so yeah, if you thanks to everybody who wrote in this week, we appreciate it. If you want to write in to share your thoughts on this one or any of the other stuff we talked about, you know how to write in. You can hit us up at questions at flipscreen.games. Uh, come get our weekly Twitter thread. Come join the Discord. Um, and even if you don't want to write in, come join the Discord. Right? It's a great place. Great place to come and talk games. Um, safe, inclusive, friendly. Uh, it's a good place. It's a good good place with good people. So I hope you'll come be a part of what we're building. Um, we'd love to have you. So if you want to get some more content from us, of course, head over to flipscreen.games. We got links to everywhere we are on the web. Head over to the Patreon. Get access to one more thing uh, or, you know, the Twitch archives, all the cool perks you can get over there. Um, it is, of course, the best way to show your support. And we really do appreciate those of you who have chosen to go and show that support. Um, but if you don't have any money to toss our way, no big deal. There's a lot of ways that you can support the show. You know, like the videos, share them with a friend, let people know that we're out here and that we're doing something that you enjoy and that you think they might enjoy it, too. Um. Yeah. Aside from that, I hope you have a good week. You know, live your dreams, man. I hope I hope you're doing good today. Um, what do you got, Steve? Say something nice. Uh, just stay safe and enjoy Halloween. There you go. Okay. Happy Halloween, everybody. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Flip Screen Games Podcast. Take care.